Hello and welcome to Unabashed Book Snobbery, the podcast where we gush about George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire and converse about its contemptible adaptation, Game of Thrones. This is where being a book snob is a good thing. Why do critics give this show a pass? That theme song you just heard is the Book Snob Sing-Along by the Metro Gnomes. My name is Kylie, and here with me are Julia. Hey, everyone. And Caroline. Hi, everybody. We didn't plan ahead at all, so we don't have a special guest with us. No. But whoops. I, I think that's okay, because this particular episode of Game of Thrones that the three of us are going to be talking about, uh, episode five of season seven called Eastwatch, was like... There were a lot of scenes we have to talk about, but mm. there's really nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you guys can yell at me for this, but, like, I found this episode more watchable than the other ones so far this season. I mean, I'm not sure what it was about it. Like, it was, like, less cringy, I think. I was bored, but not uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I wasn't embarrassed <laughs> to be watching it. Oh, like, I think it's because it's, it's not a D&D episode, <sighs> so the dialogue was a little bit more... You human might talking? be alone in that. I I mean, okay, so I was I was embarrassed to be watching it when I was watching the deadpan scenes in the beginning with her burning yeah, I people. Mean, no, like it wasn't uh-huh. it wasn't good. It wasn't better. The the, the fermented crab scene also yeah, comes but to it was, mind. Yeah, I don't know for some reason it wasn't like I wasn't as like because you know like. I, like, live-blogged about, like, how much I was dreading, like, the start, like, ten minutes before it was starting, I was actually getting, like, dread cramps. (laughs) But then I was just like, this isn't so bad. (laughs) It's really funny, because this is the episode that the internet was very, very negative about. Yeah, I mean, what were saying this is a... Sam Stein, the political uh, political writer for Huffington Post, the political editor for it that I follow for politics, was talking about how it was a bad episode. I'm like, okay. But what is, is it about random? it that people found, like, it's just like, what is it about the people didn't like because there was nothing unusual about this episode at all? Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. So let, let's dive into that. Um, Hey, if you are just listening to us for the first time, who the hell are we? Well, uh-huh. the three of us write for thefundamentals.com for fundamentally sound I'm fandom analysis. 
Imagine some person just stumbling upon this podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> Tortured podcast introductions. No, we've been following along the Game of Thrones uh, season, all season, and last season. <laughs> and season. Uh, we're we're not impressed. We're not the biggest fans. <laughs> no. So that's what this podcast is about. Uh, sorry. Um, but we're but not sorry, if- though. Yeah, I'm not sorry at all. But <laughs> sorry, if, you, if you are not someone, if you're not someone who watched the episode, that's okay too, because we have someone here who's going to recap it for us. Take it away, Shiro. This week on Game of Thrones, Dave Hill sure had a humdinger of an episode for us folks. 59 minutes of go, go, go. Somewhere outside of Cheryl's landing, Larry and Bronn wash up, with Bronn saying he is totally done because dragons. He has a point, as at the very same moment, some 20 feet away or something, (laughs) Deadpan has decided to give her prisoners of war a choice. Bend the knee or get barbecued. Freedom! Only Randall and Dickon opt for the latter because xenophobia means hating Targaryens now. Inside Cheryl's Landing, Cheryl suggests meeting with Tyrion to help them out of their predicament, but Larry seems against it. Then Larry gets taken by the totally done Bronn to meet with Tyrion, who just so happened to have snuck into the place because he wants Cheryl to help with the threat of the White Walkers. Then Larry runs back into Cheryl to tell her, but she already knew somehow, and she's pregnant. Just don't betray her again, Larry. Wait, what? (laughs) Meanwhile, Davos pops down the Street of Steel and finds Gendry there, who is totally willing to go on an adventure. He's also very into being Robert's bastard now, and is trying to cosplay as him. Hijinks ensue as he, Davos, and Tyrion go to sneak back out of Carol's Landing, and, well, you just have to see it to believe this witty dialogue. On Dragonstone, Johnny Cardboard pets a dragon. Then Jorah turns up and is welcomed with open arms by Deadpan, making Johnny slightly miffed. However, he soon gets a letter from his not-dead brother Bran, warning about zombies. Realizing that every living human in Weisseroff will need to unite to stop this foe, it is decided that the only way to convince Cheryl to join on this fight is for them to go capture a live white. A dramatically satisfying seafood gumbo of characters volunteer for the mission, while Varys and Tyrion meet with each other to say that Deadpan is a fine ruler so long as she always listens to them. Women on top! Down at the Citadel, Sam has had enough of Maester College and decides to fuck off. He's so frustrated that he misses Gilly, reading about the apparent annulment of a Prince of Weisseroff, which you'd think would at least raise an eyebrow. Has no one else read this book? Over in Winterhell, Sansa is doing exactly what she's supposed to, running the castle in Jon's absence and assuring their allies. However, Arya has been spending too much time on the Westeros.org threads, blaming Sansa for the downfall of House Stark, and is suspicious of her totally inevident hyper-ambition. She then takes it upon herself to follow Batfinger around, who leads her to Sansa's letter to Rob from Season 1, which he has for reasons. How will this spy versus spy my game possibly shake out well no time to answer that because finally up at Eastwatch some bell pepper gets added to the white hunting gumbo in the form of the hound Barrack and Thoros who are being held prisoner by Tormund for some reason what will happen when they all set out together we'll have to tune in next week because that's what you missed on Eastwatch oh my god okay um so you can probably tell from uh, Shiro's very nice recap, that um, this episode's kind of like all over the place physically. <laughs> that was like the most difficult thing to construct because how do you even explain the letter from Bran to Tyrion yeah, going into I mean, King's it is, Landing it is to the White? Like 
you know, interconnectedness. That's good. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's something we have emphasized I mean, in the past, right? I mean, they're interconnected in that they're all on the same continent. That's true, so. and they called it the continent this time. They called it the continent of Westeros. Did they? Yeah, Charlie did. Time? Like, at least she was born on this continent. I don't know. Like, so they always call it, like, the uh, this country. Like, at least, like, I feel like they usually would have said well, she yeah, was born I, in this I, country. Well, yeah, I was wondering about that, because he, he was like, she wasn't born here. And I'm like, but wasn't she, though? Yeah, Dragonstone doesn't count, or they really forgot she was born on Dragonstone. I don't know. <laughs> I just realized if there are people who are listening to us for the first time, Shiro was really rude about those book snob nicknames. We have something called a book snob glossary, mm-hmm. and the most important thing to know is that Cheryl is Cersei Lannister and Larry is Jamie Lannister. Yeah. So because they're nothing, we'll they're nothing that, like the characters yeah. in the books, and you refuse to call them that, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they're totally um, different characters. They need different names. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do we want to just, do we want to dive right in and talk about this? We've got that first scene with Larry and Bronn washing up. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, like, we joked last week about how they're just going to pop up on the other side of the river. And then they yes, popped up on the other did. side. Like, like the man is wearing armor. He would have been dragged down. Yeah, he would have, like, died or had to shed it. Bronn carried him out with his love for him. It's the reverse honeypot. Uh, but, like, where was deadpan and her forces. No, seriously, so is she far? not wondering where, like, Larry Lannister is at this point? Like, the commander of the army my- that she just defeated? Well, my bro- actually, my brother asked me that question, too, and I think that she probably didn't know who that was. Because why would she have known who the random dude was? I mean, it's not like they're wearing heralds. Tyrion did. Right. He was standing there watching. Well, Tyrion knows what his brother looks like. Right. Yeah. Yes. And then he probably could have been like, hey, that dude you just Yeah, shouldn't it. Tyrion be thinking yeah. that Larry is dead? No, he seems to be perfectly knowledgeable that he's alive. How does he know he's alive? Oh, yeah, and then they meet later. Oh, that- yeah! Oh, it gets worse. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Also, also, Jess pointed this out in her uh, review on our site, and she did a wonderful, wonderful job this mm-hmm. week. Just picked up I know all how the she, like, nuances. bangs that out in just a few hours. Like, we go to bed at 11, we wake up at 5, it's there. Yeah. It's there. She's rewatched the episode and she's yeah. somehow gotten every little like book knowledge nod that is required to explain it. It's awesome. But in this she pointed out cuz remember last episode on this podcast, Julia, you were talking about the wonderful arc that Bron had in the middle of the battle, right? Yeah, like he learned how to not be a mercenary anymore, I think. Cuz he went to fire the uh scorpion at Drogon. Yeah, right? and he right. like dropped his money. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that then was this super epi- significant. And now, like, I don't know, maybe he's all talk, you know? He's just like Ariane Martel. You can't really, like, take what she says at face value. He's a really complex character, Kylie. Maybe he's more like Euron, and he's a hooligan. <laughs> Where is Euron? We haven't seen him for a few episodes. I'm okay with that. <laughs> he served his purpose. Well, Euron's more like chaotic evil, and Bronze maybe, like, chaotic neutral. So I think that's fair. Yeah. 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 All right, let's go on to Deadpan's speech to her prisoners of war. Her, like, self-contradictory speech about the how worst. she's here to destroy the feudal system, so she's demanding fealty. Yeah. Oh my God. So, here's the thing. I have I, I have a lot of strong feelings about Daenerys Targaryen in the books. I really like mm-hmm. the Daenerys stuff in the books. And um, yeah. even even her, like, Miranese knot and everything like that, like, I, I like that whole story. So mm-hmm. their character assassination of hers was, like, really, like, horrible. <laughs> and this yeah, whole, yeah. like, the, every word, all the words she says ever make no sense, especially mm-hmm. this season. She's just, like, like, it's just, like, word vomit all the time. And this whole, like, bend the knee or I'm going to kill you with my dragon. 
I'm giving you a choice. I'm, yeah, I'm here to free you. <laughs> I'm here to break the wheel by being a Targaryen. Yeah, I'm nothing like Cersei Lannister who burns things, so I will burn you if you don't kneel to me. Also, there is something about her delivery that just reminded me of every reality show star ever being like, I'm not here to make friends. Yeah, <laughs> I was. It was just stupid, and she had all these like little lines that I kept rolling my eyes at. Like she was all like, um, like Tyrion's like, you shouldn't behead them, and she's like, I'm not beheading. Whoa! Okay, watch okay, out. You know what? You know what really pissed me off about that, and that's kind of a weird thing for me to get pissed off about, is that, um, like, okay, do you remember back in season three when she said to the slavers she was going to give them a dragon in exchange for the unsullied like forces, however many they decided? Oh, on? I know what line you're talking about. No, 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 no. And Barry and uh, Barristan and uh, Jorah were both like, "Oh, don't do this." And she said, "If you ever challenge me in front of." Uh, people again, you will no longer be like working for me, basically. Right. Like, you remember that? Yeah. And so, meanwhile, fucking Tyrion is like standing like, don't roast them. And it's like, Tyrion, she's on the battlefield that she just won, like trying to stake it. Like, I what mean, the fuck like, are you doing? Like, in like real feudalism, the function of like such a person that was usually like the function of a queen to be all like, oh no, show mercy. This is totally not planned and staged beforehand. And then the king would like be like, well, you're so convincing with your womanliness. I will like show the, mercy. Like the performance right? of the set, right? Yeah. 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 So, so like, that's, like, that's, like, what I thought they were going for, like, when the scene started. That, like, no. you know, you'd be like, oh, no, your grace, no. show mercy, or, and, you know, and everything. But, no, that's not what they're going for at all. No, and it's uh, it's also now confirmed that the only reason Tyrion was there was because they wanted him to, like, try to talk her off of this burning cliff, I guess. What about the scene <laughs> where he's walking through cliff. the ashes and there's that sad music playing and he's all concerned, question mark? Yeah, like, uh, uh, is he now, like, team... I don't understand. No, he's, like, I don't, I don't know filled with moral understand. ambiguity. And later on, he and Varys are, like, wondering if they've made the right decision, right? Yes. Oh. Sorry, the the scene of him going through the battlefield and with all the touch mm-hmm. of music, I'm like, this this guy was at another battle before, and he was on the fucking Blackwater. Mm-hmm. Like, are we supposed to think he doesn't know, like, you know, they wow, people die too. in battle? Like, I mean, what what was the... Like, yeah, I but there's understand. something especially horrible about the dragon fire, apparently. Like, what? the, the what? battle what? last week was especially horrible, right? But, okay... It- it's like a nuclear weapon kind of thing. I'm pretty sure it was Cory in our comments who said this, but, like, seriously, the only reason she had to use this option is because Tyrion's plan was that shitty that she was at this much of a deficit that yeah. she needed to attack them in He's the field. He's such a with- horrible hand to the queen. A horrible, horrible hand. Everything he suggested so far is horrible. And his white plan is even stupider. So it's Right, like- right. So the stupid scene of him and Varys sitting together like, oh. You know what that idea, okay? idea reminds me of? Hmm? Reminds me of Shaun of the Dead, like at the end of Shaun of the Dead, where they have like all these uses for the zombies, mm-hmm. like in reality TV shows. <laughs> oh I feel like it's going to be like that. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, um, let's, before we talk about Varys Marks and St. Tyrion, uh, let's talk about um the Charlies. Oh. Okay. Um, first of all, I'm really glad that Dickon got recast to be like, yeah, fucking, like so much sense. What was wrong with the last guy? He could have done that. Maybe he didn't want to. Yeah, maybe he was like, I'm getting the hell out of Dodge now. I'm not doing this. Yeah. 
It's like, you gave me a fucking scene where all I did was talk about hunting. I, d- I don't want to do this anymore. But the best part, I mean, there's so many issues with using Billy Bones in this role. Not the least of which is that he looks like he's 30. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously older than Sam. And we're supposed to be like, oh, you're just a boy. You have your life ahead of you or something. It's like, well, th- I'm not really buying this. Mm-hmm. And then... Like, they're giving these earnest speeches about not liking foreigners. So she's- so the Targaryens are foreigners now, right? Oh, clearly. I mean- Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big old issue. And Billy Bones is just so, like, so committed to his father's- Stupidness? Like, xenophobia- that across the board xenophobia, I guess. It's not just wildlings. I mean, he hates anyone. He is like such him. a loving father that he provokes such he provokes such like loyalty and affection from his children that they can't imagine not dying beside him because he's just that great of a father. Oh my god. Hmm. It's just like everything about this did not work. And why were we focusing on them for so long? Yeah. Um I think they were trying they were trying to make us, you know, care and then ooh, shock death, can you be so yeah, like they're the trying to make us kind of see the face of Deadpan's potential tyranny or something. But yeah. like the fact that like they're like they're like this man's previous role in the show since season one has been as you know an abuser of a main character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh, it's an odd oh, choice. By the way, by the way, isn't it great that that plot line of Sam stealing Heartsbane is officially a beer fart? Well, I'm sure they'll use the Valerian steel for something, right? Great. But I guess now, I guess now nobody's coming after it, right? Like, yeah. But like, yeah, there's just so many. He didn't even fucking react no. to his his brother and father dying because the maesters didn't even tell him. Like this just no, they told this him they, nothing. I'm sure they told him. No, they said, "Should we tell him his father and brother are dead?" And then they like shrugged. No, didn't they say, "Isn't that the guy whose father and brother are dead?" Yeah, I thought they said, "Isn't that the one whose father and brother?" Well, they obviously both. didn't seek him out and tell him. Well, they definitely don't see you Sam reacting in any way to it. So no, yeah, this point is moot. My point, my point is, this is just terrible. The only thing it's doing is really catering to being like, "Oh, look how great Tyrion is at controlling this crazy lady." <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the whole that's the whole thing, is right. I think they're trying to do. Maybe they're trying to do an Aerys two point I don't know. Do you think that they're, they're trying to do that They now? certainly seem to be going in that direction. 100%. Because it's not, it really what hasn't been, I don't know, I feel like it hasn't been seated that way until literally this episode. I mean, last week everybody was filleting Deadpan and what a great leader she is, so I have no idea. Maybe that's just indirectly filleting Tyrion. Yeah. Right, this is what's confusing to me. Like, she burns down, you know, the religious institution of the Dothraki mm-hmm. last season and everyone's like, You have a gentle heart. Her. Police. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Julia, what is this note th- that you wrote? Putting people in prisoner chains is not putting people in slave chains. Did they make that equivalent? That was Car- well. He said like uh, Tyrion. Yeah, Daenerys was all, like, does. Daenerys yeah. makes that. That's one of her like little quips to, to Tyrion on the side. Yeah. He's like, Tyrion was just take like, them prisoner. Yeah. She's like, I will not put people back in chains. And I'm like, that's not the same thing. <laughs> That's really not the same thing, and when you you have, like, a bunch of lordlings that just surrender to you, you really kind of could consider the chain option, because, like, anything else is a little bit awful. It's it's like, it Uh. makes perfect sense to take people prisoner, right? Because you keep them as bargaining chips, and, Mm. you know, you say, like, oh, this is my captive, and you're not good. And, like, it happens all the time in these, like, little feudal wars, and having the lord, you know, Lord Tarly as your political prisoner is a great, great bargaining chip. It's awesome. But no, to burn people. Well, and okay, so can we, I just feel like the Tyrion Varysi, we could talk about that here, because that kind of rounds out yeah. Tyrion's little mini arc with the this, The abandoned right? dialogue sexual tension. <laughs> well, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll I mean, just there's even more sexual tension on it now. 
Oh my god. But what I mean is uh, that that particular scene between Tyrion and Varys where we see these two fucking idiots Mm -hmm. that have plans that have just blown up in their face, you know, kvetching about what a terrible leader Deadpan is because she's burning people. And I think at one point Varys asks Tyrion why he's supporting her and it's like, dude, you sent him there! No, but he's talking about like, he like reminisces about how like when he was like with perfect sincerity advising Eris about how he would always tell himself that he wasn't responsible for his horrible actions because he yeah. was really like you know not trying to drive yeah. the man even more crazy and undermine everything he was perfectly sincere the whole time so yeah I was gonna say wasn't he undermining Eris no not in this continuity apparently which is just like then why does this character exist so in this continuity, <laughs> he was a leal servant to Ares. Mm-hmm. And he was just really sad every time Ares would do something violent. And then he was undermining so Robert. So he literally has more in common with Jamie Lannister than he does with Faris at this point. Oh, oh my, my god. god. This is so tragic. They. This is so tragic. And then these two fucking idiots concluding she'll be fine as long as she listens to us. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Oh, I hated it. It was so bad. The progressivism of the show is just I mean, fucking mind blowing. Part of, part of Daenerys' whole arc in A Dance with Dragons, and like that, like at the end of her arc so far that we have, yeah. is her realizing that listening to other people and like just doing what other people are pressuring her to do isn't always the best idea. That it, she has to well, be. It's not really that. It's more like you can't, like she can't please everybody. You right. Know, like exactly. Yeah. And that she has to, you know, use her own judgment. And so mm-hmm. this whole concept of like. Well, I mean, it's not about just, her ignoring advice. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But it, it's yeah. about, like, her using her own judgment. And, and mm-hmm. that's what, like, her whole plot is. She's constantly thinking about, like, well, this thing and how will this affect that and all, like, all the complexities and, of it. And here, yeah, and just, it's also like, her, like, embracing herself, too, right? Like, right. it ends on her thinking, like, I'm a conqueror. Right. And it's her, like, okay, well, I have to do this, you know, the way I have to do this. I can't do it the way everybody else wants me to. And right. here, it's just, like, she's what's supposed to be, like, this, the front man for Tyrion. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and you know, is. this is how it's how it's been because her "I'm a conqueror" moment was because last year Dario told her you're a conqueror. Yeah, like so her like, big revelation was randomly put into the mi- the mouth of a minor character with like of any kind of, without any kind of significance attached to it. It was just like something he said while they were riding along. Yeah, she's just like the convenient lady who can ride dragons. Mm-hmm. Speaking exactly. of dragons. Speaking of dragons, okay, yeah, John pets a dragon. Isn't this like uh, a huge deal? Like the biggest deal ever. Um, Do you think maybe somebody like like maybe Deadpan should have an opinion about this or some feelings? I have a question about this because in the books it's sort of seeded that the dragons like people that have Targaryen blood because I think Mm -hmm. there's like some other minor characters running uh, around. Brown and Plum. Yeah. Yeah, but not like exclusively. Like Brown and Plum has Targ blood ish, but it's not like. Yeah, but it's at least seeded that and and Danny thinks about it. Yeah, it's clearly descended from Aegon the Fourth, like everybody fucking else in Westeros. But, like, literally oh, yeah. everybody else in Westeros is yeah. on the fourth. He was, like, Genghis Khan. Yeah, but I was, I was, it, it helps, but, like, the factor yeah. is more, like, your personality. Like, Brown Bad Plum is, like, really, like, the dragons just like him. Mm-hmm. Right, so my, my, my question, I suppose, is then, does it, you know, is are we supposed to think that Drogon likes Jon because Jon is really Rhaegar's son, or do we just think... Yeah, of course. Yes. Okay, well, how did they build that here? By the dragon letting him... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like how do I get to that conclusion without having read the books well we have um, we have the R plus L equals J reveal there, there was a flowchart and then later in the episode <laughs> it's, it's there's Roger had the annulment <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I mean is it just like I, I mean I guess it was fine 
the 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 episode attached no significance to that moment. It was just like right. you could read it as more like, oh, John is so badass he's not afraid of the dragon. Right. Like Deadpan should have said Deadpan could have been like, oh wow, that dragon likes you. You know, I'm in the market for dragon riders. Amelia Clark did have a reaction face, kind of like it wasn't. It was. <laughs> I know her hair wasn't reacting to being like blown in the wind, so. <laughs> It wasn't, I'm not going to say it was, like, a lot of emotion, but I felt <laughs> something from her. Like, she, mm-hmm. like, moved muscles in her face. So she, like, she, re- I, I, I felt that she reacted, and maybe I was projecting. Um, but I felt that she reacted. But, like, then my question is, what, what does, her, what does this mean to her? Does she, has she put two and two together as, like, maybe he's a dragon rider, or, I, well, I mean, I, I have no way of what knowing. what tells her. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's going to tell. It's going to mean whatever whatever her men decide it means to her. Anyway, yeah, so the, the sizzling sexual tension is cock-blocked when somebody By arrives. friend zone. Sure, friend zone. Jorah Mormon arriving. Mm. And uh, then, actually, Deadpan had some emotion to him. No, too. no, no. Her face, like, lit up. Yeah. Especially for I, Deadpan. Amelia Clark was smiling. Yeah. Like, I didn't know this could happen. This was weird. I was, I was afraid that she was hurting herself. I felt... <laughs> I found their their meeting odd. I found it actually pretty. I felt like well, it would be yes, a lot more emotional. Too. It should have been more like, "Oh my god!" I thought I, you literally had the plague, and I well, can't and believe he was you're like alive. you told me to get better. <laughs> like it was so badly done. And then I think my favorite part of it is John in the background, like, hmm. <laughs> he's jelly. The face is so bad. It's like, well, I'm sorry. You this like you forced so much of this to begin with. This is just not working at all. Mm. Oh my god! And then like, okay, I, I don't even understand. A letter arrives. Yes, a letter and arrives it's from Brand to John. Yeah, right? we'll talk about the Brand part of this later because this episode is structured weird. Well, it's, it's well, structured yeah, normal, I, mean- I guess, but <laughs> it's hard to recap. <laughs> Well, and then John is like, I didn't know Bran was alive, except the uh, other episode, he said he had two dead brothers, or Deadpan said that, and he yeah. didn't correct her, so whatever. I know. Does Rickon even count? I don't know. I think they've just forgotten about Rickon, I think there's a problem. And then, okay, my, my confusion is that they get this letter, mm-hmm. and then it's decided that Tyrion desperately needs to go talk to Jamie. Yeah, because they need an arm. like, okay, they need an, okay, so what, okay, I suppose they have those castles, no, they don't. They don't have those castles. The Lannisters still have the castles. Why do they need an armistice? They can just stop and nothing will change. I was going to say, like, what army does do the Lannisters even have right now? Yeah, no, 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 no. What army, like, what land has Deadpan actually conquered? Like, what does it matter if she just steps away for a few months? Um, Like, what will her what stepping will away, like, what will, yeah, yeah, what would an armistice do that her just, like, stepping away for a few months won't? If they have an armistice, then Cheryl can still use that time to consolidate her power and get more scenarios. Right, Casterly Rock and Dragonstone. And, I mean, the crown she doesn't She doesn't have time. Casterly Rock, remember? No, she does. She has Casterly Rock. No, Deadpan doesn't have Casterly Rock. Yeah, she, yeah, does. she does. They instantly took it. They instantly took they're it just- another trap there? Well, I mean, it depends on how the Euron battle Yeah, out. That's where Euron is. Yeah, that's where Euron is. Oh, that's right. So, no, Deadpan yeah. doesn't really have anything but Dragonstone. And I don't think... But she says that if she doesn't have this peace with Cheryl, then Cheryl's gonna sweep over and take everything. She has everything. <laughs> Not Dragonstone. <laughs> I don't I mean, understand the, the why she can't just go north for a bit. And just ignore Cheryl. 
The crown didn't bother to take Dragonstone when it was completely fucking empty for a couple of years, so I don't think they have to worry about her coming to take Dragonstone Oh, the amount, the amount of times that they use the word years in this episode oh. is just like, oh my god, there was a I guess the chart. logic is like, why should they go up and get bloodied with their army and mm-hmm. give Cheryl the throne for free and let her, you know, But they're the giving her the throne for free with the armistice anyway. At least for now. I mean, what's but the difference? The idea is that she's also going to come help, right? Is no, she gonna I come help? So. No, she's not. I, I could have sworn. I could have sworn Tyrion was like, we could convince Jamie. That was just seriously for a ceasefire. I thought I it was so. just for a ceasefire. I mean, I might have missed it. But yeah. I it oh, this is stupid. Oh no, it could be wrong. Okay, but even if it was, even if it did include the Lannister army, do we really need a southern army coming to the north to fight northern crazy stuff? No, we need dragons. But we need dragons, but I'm saying, like, the Lannister army, like, if, if, even if it no. was, even if it was a situation where, like, say, like, we heard it wrong, and it, this also was for, um, Cersei's armed forces, whatever she has left, uh, mm-hmm. do we really need those people in the north helping to fight? I, I guess they want as many people as possible, but, mm-hmm. like... I mean, I think they would, like, Don would definitely take the help. He'd take it, but I don't think that they'd, like, say it was a non-starter to not have it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Either way, what ends up being decided is that Tyrion and Davos are going to Scooby-Doo into King's Landing so that Tyrion can talk to Jaime. Mm-hmm. And this is being set up by Bronn, who is in contact with Tyrion how? Ravens, little birds. Probably little birds. That's probably going to be the honeypot that Varys did it with his little birds. Who now work for Codburn. But whatever. I get that's how Cheryl. That's how Cheryl. Yep. Eight outfits. So strange. Oh, okay. So in Cheryl's Landing, first of all, Cheryl and Larry have a scene where I I must have remembered this wrong because there's no way that Cheryl was talking about Tyrion saying he could help us out. Like, was that what was said? Am I going crazy? The first scene, I'm trying to remember. This is when Larry, I, this all I remember is that Larry says Olena Larry tells her, yeah, yeah, Larry tells her the truth about Olena and Joffrey's death, but he says it in response to Cheryl. I'm, I meant to rewatch this too, but I didn't. Um, yeah, it said because she was all like, Tyrion is an asshole. He killed our father and our son. And Larry is <laughs> like, oh no, he, she only did half of those things. Why was she even talking about Tyrion? Because she was just like, what are we supposed to, because she was like, what are you supposed to do, sue for peace? So maybe Tyrion will speak for us. Ha ha ha. Oh, okay. So yeah. she's being sarcastic. That I makes so. a little more sense. Yeah, I, that, I think so. I believe yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, that's more like the Cheryl I know. I thought she was being earnest. I was no, like, what the no. fuck? No, and then she actually has a really good moment in this conversation that I like when Larry's like, Olena confessed she's the one that did it, and Cheryl, like, basically cross-examines him on that and is like, uh, really? She's got cognitive dissonance on it, though, too. She's like, do you really believe that? Do you think she was telling the truth? What's your other evidence, sir? And he kind of, like, you and know, looks like... Did, you, did, like you, did she say that before or after you gave her the poison? Yeah, exactly. And I'm oh, like, after... I'm like, good job, Cheryl. You got this. I, yeah. I thought the same thing. Cheryl's like that giant bird lawyer in Futurama. <laughs> and the little look on Larry's face. He's oh, he's so befuddled. <laughs> There's a, we had a commenter, and I'm sorry, I'm forgetting who it was, that said, is it just me? Or did they did they have a kind of like Mr. Burns uh, and uh, Smithers? Face? Smithers. Smithers relationship. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's accurate. I do. Um, yeah, so that, and, I liked that because she was sort of like, wow, you really believe that, dumbass? And he's like, yeah. well, I did believe it. But then he looks befuddled. <laughs> yeah, that was just a very forgettable scene, followed by another forgettable scene where Larry meets Tyrion in and the- And Tyrion is just like, I was born this way. Yeah, I was a little confused about that. Like, where did that come from? Come from? Like, 
He was like begging Jamie's forgiveness oh, for killing yeah. Tywin. Was yeah, he? because Tyrion feels really bad about. Well, he was. Tywin. He was. <coughs> sorry, he was explaining himself. He was all like, "I did it because he was about to execute me." Even though, like, he wasn't like. Tywin was all like, I'm not going to actually execute you. Don't worry. <laughs> Aren't there White Walkers to be taught? Like, I just I don't understand. I'm so confused. What, what this even did? It just, mm. like, they met. I mean, I it feel, let Dinklage act for a few minutes, I guess. It just felt very inconsequential to mm. me. I think they just built this really cool dungeon set, and they're like, we need to put as many things in the dungeon as we can. And like put this giant <laughs> like like Peter Dinklage. Yeah, and, yeah. Okay. Like, how do we put Peter put Dinklage in, in front of a dragon skull? Go, make it happen. <laughs> go, Dave. I, okay, go. I I predict at least two more dungeon scenes for the remainder of the season. Oh my god. Oh my no. So god. what did this scene accomplish? Because then Larry goes back to Cheryl and is like, "I talked to Tyrion," and she's like, "Yeah, I know." And I'm pregnant. And I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah, but that had nothing to do with the dungeon scene. No, and and then. What's decided from there is that, okay, Cheryl needs proof of the Army of the Dead for this armistice so she can help out? I don't even know what it is. Okay, so they already decided to do Operation, like, Dumb North of the Wall squad thing. So, (laughs) like, did did Tyrion go, no, did Tyrion go, no, because they already decided that back in the Isle of, Abandoned Isle of Sexual Tension. So, Larry, they decided that before they got back? Yeah, Tyrion goes to Larry to, like, greenlight it or something? But Tyrion went and was like, you know, dead people, pl- stupid plan. And Larry's like, she's never going to believe that. And Tyrion's like, she will when we bring her one. But like, why is he ta- Like, why doesn't he just like come for the first time with the white? So actually, this whole thing is just so that we can get Gendry out of King's Landing. Because that's, that's the only point of this trip. I think you might be right. And also they wanted the dick Gendry joke. back for fan service. The dick joke too. Don't, don't forget. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Everything surrounding this whole Gendry thing, like oh, it was he's working. So I mean, bad. he's working in the same exact fucking place. <laughs> I think I think it would have been better if he was still rowing. Like it would make more sense than all of this. Like from a, from a character perspective, I mean, he wasn't exactly a fleshed out character in the previous seasons. But like, why is he suddenly worshiping Robert? I know they combined his character with Edric Storm, like in some ways. Yeah, but he, he didn't know Robert. And no, then like, he literally uncle... never met Robert. He was only vaguely aware of the fact that Robert was his father. And he thought he was, like, some drunk, from what I remember like a fucking, of him like, talking like about a him. a complete deadbeat who abandoned him before he was born. Yeah. And then, he didn't and even then know he uncle, existed. Uh, right, and then the Baratheon uncle that he experiences wanted to burn him. So, like, where are these warm fuzzies coming from? Yeah, and he's all like, oh, Johnny, let's bond about our dads. You're shorter he, than he your dad. Hammer. Guys, he has he has the hammer. It's a parallel. No, no, he's he's Edric Storm with his little mini hammer. It's just like in the books, Kylie. (laughs) Jesus Christ! And then and then we're treated to five minutes of Davos dropping the G's at the end of his sentences. Yeah, talking talking about about fermented wisdom. I gotta say, it'll it'll make you hard. (laughs) And then Tyrion sees these two cards. It just marches his ass past them. Yeah, like hide in a bush. There are bushes. And they're like, wait a minute, we're looking for a dwarf. Uh-huh. With an extremely uh, prominent facial scar, apparently. And then, like, Gendry smashes their heads in with hammers. Yeah. What did this do? Um, it did, it did two things. One, it uh, showed us how uh, sneaky, sneaky Tyrion is. And two, it, it let Gendry use his cool hammer. 
And it, it let Davos be folksy, which is an end in itself. It let Davos be folksy. I gotta say, Davos is my guilty pleasure. I find him he, hilarious. He is very folksy. I, I, I happen to love book Davos. I think I really actually enjoy his chapters, and I project as much as I can onto show Davos. Just that's an accomplishment. I mean, like it is like the whole thing with the like you know uh, whatever pickled crab or smoked crab or whatever kind of crab Fermented it is. Fermented crab. Fermented, Fermented crab. Like the yeah. whole thing where he's like you know him him having like um like a smuggling cover story thing and the way that he like obviously with like practiced flourish mm-hmm. kind of used it to cover up the hammer and everything. Like that's clever and it makes kind of sense, but like it was way too long. It was way too like. Mm-hmm aware of how clever it was and it wasn't as clever as it thought it was even if it was a little bit clever you know so like it was too long and it could have honestly like he could have had any kind of cover story but of course it's one of those things again it's part of the pattern yeah they have to mention the sex workers and how they have sex workers because they're on hbo and they get to right exactly and that was the problem it's like come on you can do anything Mm -hmm. i'm still waiting for that show about like you know actual sex workers (laughs) Well, HBO. Did... Yeah, yeah, Black Sales the closest. Um, I was trying to explain this specific scene to Griffin afterwards, mm-hmm. and sometimes I feel like Game of Thrones is a weird dream I had that I've described. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and then Tyrion showed up and he just like walked past the guards. <laughs> and Davos is there, and Gendry was there, and there was like horrible inflation apparently in Cheryl's Landing. <laughs> Hyperinflation. Oh yeah, like Zimbabwe levels of hyperinflation. <laughs> it was what fifteen? Fifteen dragons. dragons. Okay, so her. you can buy a horse for like one. <laughs> that was some nice crab meat. He was a really good merchant. Uh, it's ridiculous. All right, so back on the island of sexual tension, let's just round this out. They decided they decided they're going to capture the, a white uh-huh. and bring it to Cheryl to convince her to have a ceasefire or to fight with them or something that I don't care about. Mm-hmm. And the boat of Davos and Gendry and Tyrion return. And then Gendry is just like chumming it up with John, Like my dad knew your dad. They were friends. Like, what? Well, Gendry didn't listen to Davos at all. Davos is like, this is your cover story. We're going to keep a low profile. No, no I mean, he, is he, is he doing this out of the goodness of his heart? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what this character is. Cause he's just like, like he's basically like, Okay, fuck off now, Terry, and I have something important to do. And so he just picks up this, like, random kid that he said Dickens added once. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. And then he's he... like, I'm going to set you up with a job in Winterfell out of the goodness of my heart. I mean, I guess they bonded. Well, no. I think he read the script. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the real answer is he read the script. But I think that if you're going to honeypot it, maybe it's because mm-hmm. he knows he's Robert's bastard and they're in a predicament now where they're one hmm. no because he's team no because robert like literally has like like he has like in the books he has what 20 bastards yeah so like okay i guess <laughs> i don't know maybe he did maybe he didn't want gendry to get like burned in dragon fire or something i don't know i don't, like, I don't you know what it is i don't know why in real life they brought him back either well be fans yeah, Really I mean, was that really it? Was because everyone complained for a couple of years that yeah. Gendry was still on his boat? Yeah. <laughs> so they, that's why? I mean, Remember, like, back when the show kind of made sense? And that was, like, the worst thing ago. that happened? Wow. <laughs> oh. uh, so, okay, so then we get a series of goodbyes of everyone embarking on this stupid I mean, mission. this reminded me of something from my childhood. I couldn't quite remember what. What? It was, like, some kind of, something, like, 80s, early 90s, like... 
Like, it was just, it, I think it was like just something a like at a Conan or something. Just like <laughs> it was like just a series of goodbyes with like wittiness to them. I, okay, well, Tyrion and Jorah take the cake where they're like, "Remember when we were slaves?" Yeah, and Tyrion's like, "Here's that coin that I was given when I was a slave. You take it and bring it back." Because I don't want you to die, Ha-ha, sir. They said it would, it would last the rest of our lives. Ha ha ha, peasants. Like, what? <laughs> also, how did he keep I, that coin all the, like all that time? I don't know. Wrap his he ass, just, it was in his boot or something. <laughs> then we have Jorah volunteering to go on this mission. And Deadpan goes to hug him and she's like, oh, you'd think we'd be better at this by now. It's like, okay. Whoa. That's right. You guys are always being randomly separated. Cool. Poor Jorah. The, the man needs a vacation. I mean, come on. He just got over the plague. Let him rest. He has a new he has a new zeal for life. And then John volunteers because, like, only a king can talk to a white or whatever. <laughs> and No, because he... Wasn't it like, I fought them before I've seen them or something like that? No, no. It's it it because he fucking volunteered. Well, I mean, that was part of it. But he volunteered the fucking wildlings to do this yeah, for him. Yeah, remember and how, like, like, his kingdom is falling apart and his sister's trying to hold it together? Maybe he should go it's take like, care of them. Oh, you know, I should probably go be the one to talk to Tormund. They're not going to listen to you. It's like, no, they're not. They shouldn't listen to you at this point. Yeah, really? This is such a bad plan. I, it's a very strange I mean, plan. frankly, if they wanted, if they really wanted a white and they wanted to do it in the easiest way, mm. couldn't they execute someone north of the wall? Yep. Like, certainly there's someone. They, I mean, they could have brought the Tarleys there and done it <laughs> that way. I just feel like, I mean, whites are just zombies. I feel like there's got to be one just, like, wandering around separate from the army. But whatever. This is the plan. They're doing it. Mm-hmm. Let's, t- we'll, we'll talk about the final scene last, but let's, for now, go down to the Citadel. Oh. The Citadel of Gossip and Skepticism. <laughs> I call it, I call it Maester School. <laughs> Maester College. I, I felt that it was very Mean Girls this week, where everyone was sort of, like, sitting at the table. They're all, like, shit-talking everybody. They Sam can't sit with them. <laughs> on Wednesdays, they all wear they the were same pink. color. They yeah. all well, they all wear tennis gray on Wednesdays, you know. Um, oh, my God. And, like, you know, the Maesters are skeptics in the books, mm-hmm. so I'm not that annoyed, but they were literally just gossiping about Maesters they didn't like. Right. <laughs> and then, like, oh, ha, ha. There's no army of the dead. What dumbasses. I mean, I'm I'm all for, like, skepticism, but then they have, like, this maester student who literally just cured someone from Grayscale, which is, like, not a small feat. Yeah. And he's, like, guys... He's from the Night's Watch. He's from yeah. the Night's Watch, who's been north of the Wall, who's like, guys, I've seen the army of the dead personally. They exist. Like, you can't get more, like, first-hand direct than that unless the maesters went and looked at the army of the dead themselves. Like, that's, like, the closest they can get. This is what happens when you don't confess that to a sand snake. What? This is this is the son of like a major noble house. Like they would believe him yeah. kind of as a matter of course. Like he would have the presumption of being told of having told the truth. Like if this was Pate the pig boy, then they would be like, "Oh, he's crazy. He's lying." But this is like a target. Right, but he's you know like lazy Leo was given the time of yeah. day. Right. You just think of the class system. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe it's not feudalism. <laughs> anyway, then Sam gets, like, sad and goes home where Gilly is giving us some of her wonderful book knowledge. Yeah, she's, like, reading, like, this random, um, Septon's diary. 
Because yeah. there's a random Septim's diary in the restricted section at Hogwarts for some reason. It's quite the eclectic diary, too. Well, no, it's, just like, about- it's like his bullet journal or something, you know? He just, like, put <laughs> random shit in there. Like, 787 steps, Rhaegar annulled his marriage. <laughs> like, just, you know, normal, everyday bullets. I mean, like, is this even worth talking about? Like, how this is kind of a silly story? Because, like, the, the thing is, I don't doubt that John is somehow going to end up being legitimate. Mm-hmm. And there are... I don't see this being yeah, the but I don't. Yeah, I don't see the Because, first of all, like, way to completely blow up the Dornish Alliance, Rhaegar, which is kind of important to you. Mm-hmm. Because, like, not only did, like, you marry a princess of Dorn, she's, she's, like, given birth to two of your children at this point. One of them who's a One male heir. A Both of them are yeah. perfectly healthy, by the way. Yeah, yeah that, that's the thing. Is like even if, okay, even if this were to happen, like mm-hmm. who the hell would inherit? Because it doesn't make the children illegitimate because they were they were born as part of a legitimate. No, no, marriage. an annulment would make them illegitimate. That means they were never married. But why? 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 But why they were born? They were born of an of a legitimate marriage. Why would that make them illegitimate? No, but if you annul the marriage, it means the marriage never existed. It's not like a divorce. An but, annulment means well, that you were never yeah. legally married. Why would he opt for this before Lyanna was even pregnant or giving birth? Like, what if her baby died and then he annulled this marriage and then he just doesn't have any legitimate heirs now? Well, he was like all like prophecy blind or whatever. But how also how could he how could he is it possible in the Westeros system to just to just annul a marriage just because you're like over it? Well, if you are a Targaryen, you probably can or at least you think you can. Probably doesn't mean you'll get away with it. How did no one know about this no, except that's, Gilly that's, reading the no, book? But how does a random... like is, Was this a High Septon who did this? It was, was a High Septon. a High Septon. A High Septon in the middle of the war goes off to Doors... To secretly marry and no Rhaegar. One, and no one pays attention to where he's going? And the High Septon has a name? <laughs> that's, that's mythic? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like all of this is really dumb, and probably the worst part is that they're so committed to John Bradley, the comedic actor, that... They just had him spit back, like, the funny, funny stuff that Gilly had been saying, rather than reacting to, like, wait a minute, a prince was annulled? Yeah. yeah. Like, the thing that upsets me is that this is probably, like, you know, close to something that's going to have to happen. And, like, close enough that people will be like, oh, what are you complaining about? <laughs> you know? Well, what, how do you guys think, how do you guys think it's going to happen in the books that, if he's, if John is made legitimate, how do you think it's going to? Well, I, I don't know. I really have no idea. I just have, like, like if, like, George R. R. Martin told me to finish the series, what I would do. But other than, like, you know, I have a, like, I don't think anything in particular is seated. I mean, Targaryens, it's seated that Targaryens have taken multiple spouses. Yeah. So I don't see why that, that wouldn't be the option they would just Yeah, but play. who would accept that? I don't know. I'm just saying that was an option. That's probably, that's more compelling to me than a random Yeah, like, one thing that yeah. is, is that is, like, discussed a lot in the series is, like, legitimizing bastards. And the problems mm-hmm. that can arise in that, I think, I think that could be a path forward. Like maybe when um, your crazy dad asks you to go fight a battle for him, you're like, um, "Do me a favor first. It's possible, yeah. but like the uh, the other thing too is that in this show, I don't care that he's a bastard, mm-hmm. right? So why does it even matter if John's fucking legitimate? True. Cheryl's not legitimate. Mm-hmm. Falaria wasn't legitimate. Like, but they were bad why guys. Why does this matter? Because, because they it's were a bad, checklist, bad guys, I guess. Though. But John's not legitimate. I mean, it's no a, check, it's a checklist that John is legitimate, and his name is Aegon. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, what happened to... Okay, it's, just forget it. Yeah, but just forget are it. Are you asking what happened to Rhaegar's other kid named Aegon? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what a jerk this man was. I've spent years defending him, kind of, sort of. But 
mad. And then, and then, and then Sam just like fucks off. Yeah, he's just like, I decided to drop out of college because they were mean I'm girls. I'm dropping at me. out of Maester College. This was not fun. <sighs> and they just leave in the middle of the night. He stole a bunch of books. So I have a question. Have. Yeah. What was he doing at the Citadel in the first place? He yeah. was finding the map with X marks the spot for the dragon glass, obviously. That Which he knew about. already yeah. told him about. And he was, uh, he was being sassed by those sassy He's cured Jorah of his grayscale, which is another thing. Why did it happen? So that's chicken in the egg scenario. There's literally no reason why he couldn't have found this information in book and in the, at the wall. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I guess it would have been even a little more weird if the friend of High Septon's diary was up in Castle Black, but I don't know, maybe he sent it to Maester Eamon because they were buddies or okay, something. Okay, this is, this is pretty bad, though. And, like, how, if no one has ever read this book, how did they know to put it in the restricted section? <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> maybe that's why it's in the restricted section because it's super Maester secret or something. Mm-hmm. All right, my, fa- my favorite part, and then we get it, we're gonna have to move on because we're at, like, 50 already, but my favorite part of this is that we got the Soul Fools library music one <laughs> Yes. So Wait, I have, I have a question about a line that Sam says when he's leaving. He says to Gilly, I'm tired of reading about um, the accomplishments of better men. I'm tired of reading. Yes. Yeah, he, oh, right. He says, I'm tired of right. reading about the accomplishments of better men. Is that something that was said earlier? Because that sounds familiar. You know, it does sound familiar, but I don't remember when it would have been. Did his dad say it? If his dad said it, I swear to God, I'm going to fucking punch something. I don't think so, but Good. right before it, what, what, what precipitated that line, and you might still want to punch something, Joy, was Gilly saying, but Sam, you've always wanted to be a maester your whole life. I mean, like, Sam does want to be a maester, but that was, like, literally Until he beaten was out of him. To wall. Yeah. I, I, and I, maybe, maybe it was said in the books by Randall Tarley. I thought that there was some indication that when, when Sam, Indicated think, that he wanted to be Maester. That made that Randall Tarly was like, "Oh, Maesters just read about what better men do." Maybe sounds I, like something I, he would say. Though. It sounds really. I don't know. We can look into like it. It sounds like a Randall Tarly line. Oh, what? 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 Oh, oh, no! He is echoing Randall Tarly's words to him. From what? From dinner the previous season. You managed <sighs> to say, "Soft and fat, your nose barren in books, spending your life reading about the achievements of better men." Excuse me. <laughs> Wow, dude, um, he quit the Maester College because he believes what his dad said to him? It's okay, like, it's okay, it's wow. just a TV show. Wow, <laughs> that's fucking terrible. I mean, and what is that, does that mean anything in the context of him knowing his dad's dead? Oh yeah, this is him all processing his trauma, Caroline, you're right, this is so deep. <laughs> does he know his he dad's He doesn't know his dad's dead. If he knew his dad's dead, we could at least say maybe he's trying to recontextualize something about his dad. But, nope. Wow. Hey, let's go to Winterfell. Oh, my God. Mm. Speaking of punching things. Well, Bran warged. That looked cool. Yeah. skin changed. That looked cool, right? It did. Yeah. The Night's King, the Night's really, King really hates, really birds. hates birds. <laughs> or birds really hate Night's King. I can't tell. I think it was, yeah. He, like, he like Martell faced them or something. I don't know. They're like, wow. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> But, like, that was a three-second scene. Mm. The real meat of this is Sansa literally mm. just doing her job. No, like, literally, these, like, guys come to her, and they're like, take over from your brother, and she's like, no. And then Arya is like, you're so ambitious, and you like pretty things. <laughs> you're sleeping in mom and dad's room because you're materialistic. Yeah, and you want oh. everyone to think that you're better than them. And, and, and Sansa's just like, 
I know, and Sancho's like, what the fuck? I'm running the castle, I'm sleeping in the Lord's bedroom, what the fuck is the problem? <laughs> and how is it, how is it overly ambitious of Sansa to plan for the eventuality of John not coming back, especially since he's knowingly walking into a trap? Like, who else is gonna inherit? Yeah, I didn't get that at all. It's, it, it boggles my mind. All of these Winterfell scenes so far this season have just been like the weirdest. And they're like so uncomfortable and this whole like Arya coming in and like, judging her for no reason is it's very confusing i'm like i don't get wh- and i don't get what they're seeding either like why did they bring back the note the letter from season one? Oh, what i don't understand is why this ep- this scene isn't into the next episode it. because they spend all this time uh establishing how batfinger is trying to sow distrust between sansa and aria but they do that after the scene where it clearly shows that aria doesn't trust sansa so what's the point I- of the sneaky sneakness because she's a sneaky assassin. Don't you hear her sneaky assassin skills? She just walks straight into various places. Yeah, but why can't she do that before she has that conversation with Sansa? So there's a reason why she yeah. mistrusts her other than, like, just general cattiness. And yeah. then she was reading, like, Sansa sucks theories. I don't... That's a really good question, dude. I don't Like, know, what is Littlefinger because... doing? The mistrust is already there. I don't, th- yeah. I don't think you understand. Chaos is a ladder. Chaos is a ladder that requires, like, planning and appropriate Batman gambits. Yeah. I mean, he's overplaying his hand. That's not necessarily out of character. Mm -hmm. No, but, like, Batman gambit. (laughs) Like, he knew that Arya would go into that room. He knew that she would be following him around. He knew that she would find the mattress hiding place, which I thought was a pretty good hiding place. No, she was not being very sneaky at all. Well, she was being as conspicuous as when, like, Lady Crane spotted her staring at her yeah. and was like, oh, I think we're supposed you to have think nice she's eyebrows. being sneaky. Okay, well, it was a double sneak. Mm-hmm. Why did Littlefinger have this letter? He found, he got from Maester to, uh, to dig it out. Because he knew that, like, this, this is actually explainable. He knew that Sansa wrote the letter to Rob when she had a metaphorical gun to her head and was 12 years old and didn't know what the fuck was going on because no one explained it to her. And Rob kept the letter. And, yeah, Rob... Well, she sent a letter to Winterfell. She sent a letter to Catelyn. She sent a letter to Bran. To, not to Bran, okay. to Rob. So there are, like, three copies of the letter. And they, they kept Yeah, it. They, I assume they keep everything. Okay, all right. If that's explainable... Yeah, that, that, that's fine. actually that's explainable. Fine. Like, it's explainable right. that the letter would be there and explainable that Batfinger would know that it exists. Yeah, so that's fine. I mean, it's a little like, oh, we watched season one again. Okay. Again, they does- watched season one. But what does it mean? What what's what's the what does it matter that that? Well, Arya's gonna be like, "How dare you? You betrayed us!" No, she's no, she's reading the Westeros.org threads about how Sansa ruined everything, basically. Pulling pulling back on this, we are supposed to know that Sans that Arya is like not right mm-hmm. because because we know that Littlefinger's playing her. We also are supposed to think that her plan to execute the Glovers and uh, and Royce because they said that they wanted someone competent to be leading them. Like, we, we know that that's a bad plan, right? Yes. But are we supposed to think that Sansa's materialistic and ambitious? Probably. Well, we're definitely uh, supposed to think that she likes nice things, right? I like nice things. What does that mean? And that, yeah, like, exactly. sleeping in the Lord's bedroom when you're ruling the castle is... <laughs> yeah. You know, I think she would trade her parents being alive for a smaller bedroom. Yeah. Just... A hunch. Yeah, I mean, that that whole, like, you you like nice things is very much like, I do this because it feels good. Yeah. It's like, what are the, are those, those words make a sentence, but they don't have a meaning to them. I don't understand <laughs> what it is we're doing. I just, I also love the Northern Lords finally realizing, no, like, seriously, oh. that was hilarious. <laughs> maybe this girl who actually knows what she's doing is something more of a leader than the fucking idiot who ran down south to get his face caught, caught in a trap. Like, oh god, this is so bad. All right. 
And the final scene to talk about is the seafood gumbo of dramatic satisfaction. Uh, I'm I'm making fun of a uh, God. I forget what website even did this, but someone sent me a review that said that there's something rather satisfying about this gumbo of characters <laughs> that they've arranged for this white mission. Yeah, well, there's like little like uh, squad walk thing. It's like the A team. <laughs> yeah, and the hound has a yellow cloak Does now. Does he didn't um, even notice that? Yeah, yeah, he stole that. He stole that from Lem Lemon Cloak, the one of the people they hung. Yeah, I know yeah. he wasn't like that poorly lit, like compared to other things in this show. But I still couldn't really see colors. I noticed it. I I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Your job is to notice clothes. Yeah, that's true. That's why we. Like, you said something about Sansa's belt that it was significant. I didn't catch anything about it. Oh, Michelle Clapton said something about um, Sansa's belt having meaning now that it's a. I don't know. It 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 was some like garble of English words that again like technically were a sentence but made no sense. And it it was ugly. (laughs) She has like this whole thing where like Sansa's belt is symbolic because it wraps around her dress in such a way that it's like difficult to open it. Because she's like what? closed off from everyone now and like can't be oh opened, I suppose. And I'm like, what? So convoluted. Okay. What the fuck? I, you know what this reminds me of? There's a Seinfeld episode where George is like, I dress for my moods. Darius, like, what's your You know, it reminds right me of that probably. This is morning mist. It probably reminds me of that probable urban legend that like somebody wrote complete nonsense for 10,000 words and then submitted it to a journal of English literature studies and it got published. So that reminds me. Of. Yeah, Michelle Clapton has a lot of those. She has a lot of like word salads that like you start to read them and and they just fall apart halfway through. Like her whole explanation of the needle of the necklace. Uh, oh my god, that's my favorite one by far. It's a needle and it goes through the necklace because it's a needle and it hangs down and it's her weapon and she holds and it because it's, it. it's a needle. Yeah, it's like a miniature. Um, <laughs> it's a miniature version of Arya's sword needle. Okay, so I have a question. You're Tormund, you're at Eastwatch, and three new recruits show up. No, they're not recruits. They're not really recruits, so they want to go north of the wall. They want to go, so they lock it, they locked them in a cave, in a cell without water? Without water? Yeah, yeah Thoris said he wasn't given it. water. I mean, even, even Cheryl was, or even Carol was given water. Like a very little bit, but she had it on the some floor. of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know, I, why, why did they lock them up? Why? I mean, I was about to say, how do they get there so fast? But I don't know about it. I was so Gendry could point at them and be like, "I don't like those guys." Okay, there like, were so the way, many the way that scene was brought, like, like this probably not what happened, but in my memory, he's like holding onto the bars, and like his face and his arm is through the bars, and he's pointing at them. That didn't actually happen, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was that bad. Yeah. It was that here, my lord, yeah. bad. I mean, like, damn. <laughs> oh my god but like seriously the seafood gumbo that they put together i don't even know what to make fun i i don't even know what to make of this like why is this happening i don't understand why any of these characters are still on the show <laughs> <laughs> i mean beardy's allowed to be there john's allowed to, like beardy's allowed to exist i mean on the show john's allowed to exist on the show davos maybe but everybody else what the fuck are they still there for I don't know, and then this whole going so north of the wall thing is such a bad idea. It's such a, like, and then they all, like, open the gate dramatically and walk out. Were any of them wearing hats? No. Of course not. No. There's no Canadian They moms. didn't even have their hoods up. They had their hoods down. They had hoods. I know, and I was oh. like, because I, I was watching it, and I'm like, is that hair blowing in the wind? Because I'm going to have a conniption over here if that is hair blowing in the northern wind, and there's no, like, hood over it. Yeah, they're... Oh. Their ears are going to, like, freeze off. Well, like, in the summation of the episode, like, the thing, um, we had a huge problem. The thing about pacing is that it's so ineffable. 
Mm-hmm. But, like, this episode, I think, is a perfect example of Game of Thrones' pacing problem, right? So they have mm-hmm. all the, like, so much shit happened in this episode, and yet they somehow found time to waste whole minutes on complete bullshit. Yeah. Did so much happen? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. look, at this out- look at this outline. I mean, a lot like, of this was me complaining. Things, ha- things happened we have to talk about, mm-hmm. but, like, what of, I mean, I, I guess... In terms of plot movement, no, but that, like, like, that's the thing. Like things happen, yet nothing happens. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> pieces moved on like, on the chessboard. Yeah, sort of. And 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 I think it's because there are no real character arcs. It's kind of like it just feels like you know things happen, but there's no progress. It kind of yeah. felt like like pieces were moving on the chessboard, mm-hmm. but then this was the episode where the cat jumps onto it <laughs> and is like knocking things around. So they're moving. <laughs> But you're like, uh, why? Yeah. yeah. Why? But, like, you can't see, like, the cat is invisible. It's an invisible cat. So you don't know what's causing the movement, right? And you're trying to analyze these <laughs> random movements with these random chess pieces. And you're just like... Is it Corval the space cat? Yeah. Yeah, but you're thinking... But, like, you slowly realize that, no, there's not a chess game. They're not following the rules of chess. It's just, like, them flailing around because a cat is moving them. Oh, my God. It's like the people in my office playing chess obviously don't know. No, okay. So my office, real fast, we were gifted because we're like, we've got facilities in uh, other countries. So to celebrate that we're an international company, we were given a really, really nice chess board. And what people were doing is like someone would move one piece and then like you wouldn't know who because it just sits outside of the conference room and people were, you know, playing chess matches against each other. Except that they don't know that queens have to stay on their color and kings don't. So they set it up backwards. So then I finally couldn't take it anymore and fix the whole thing. And then I walked by and someone moved one of the black pieces first. I'm like, okay, you know, I can't help you. Now the best is when it's exactly, I remember there was this episode of real house Sages New Jersey where like these, like, you know, obscenely wealthy yet really dumb people had this like chessboard in their game room and they set it up like a checkers board. Oh, oh my no. god. That's what Game of Thrones is. The chessboard set up as a checkered board. <laughs> but then no one's an invisible cat. No one recognizes it. Everyone's just like, wow, what chess masters? It's like what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everyone everyone is looking at these like cat induced flailings of the chess pieces and they're like, I, I cannot understand this game, so therefore it must be beyond me. Alright, like this episode, things are getting real tortured here, so I am going to read spoilers <laughs> oh, for what we can expect in next week's episode. I cannot wait. Which I'm already so dramatically I satisfied. I think it's called Blood of the Dragon, but I'm not 100% on that, and I can't seem to find it. Uh, oh, anywhere. we're totally gonna find so, out about the Targ yeah. thing. This is, like, a 70-minute episode mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so, uh, at Winterfell, Littlefinger schemes against Arya, and Sansa tries and schemes against Arya and Sansa and tries to create a confrontation between the Stark sisters. That kind of already happened. <laughs> Big fight with the army of the dead. Thoros is killed by a white polar bear. A white is captured. Deadpan shows up with her dragons and saves both of the party, but B- Viserion gets killed by the Night King. Jon stays back and is fighting and is saved by Benjen, who gives him his horse to escape. Benjen's gonna be back. Whoa. Cool. Back in Dragonstone, or Eastwatch by the Sea, question mark? <laughs> John and Daenerys have a private meeting. For her promise to support the fight against White Walkers, John pledges, he pledges to her, so he kneels. In Winterfell, Sansa sends Brienne to represent her in the Dragon Pit meeting. And the last scene is Viserion gets reanimated by the Night King. Oh, that's cool. Right. So it's going to be mostly a battle with the Army of the Dead. Ugh. 
I didn't think I'd ever be rooting for more Arya versus Sansa, but here we are. Um, what's this dragon pit meeting? Oh, the dragon pit meeting? That's gonna be in the final episode, but basically they capture the white and then they invite, like, Cheryl and Sansa's representative, I guess, to, like, come to the dragon pit and see the white. Even though, um, like, Sansa's it. already on John's side, so I don't know. <laughs> she, she sends Brienne to represent her. I don't know. I guess she wants a voice. I don't blame her. John's a fucking idiot. True. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a depressing episode because my favorite dragon is dragon is Viserion. That's pretty cool, though. Like, I mean, that's probably know, checklist. I hate to tell you that. No. At least in some way. It would be cool. It would be cool if that happens. I mean, I'd be fine with Rhaegal. We can do it with Rhaegal. <laughs> I just like Viserion. Hey. <laughs> Viserion's pretty. He's like pearl colors. Who's the one that roasted Quentin? Is Viserion the one that roasted Quentin? How do I not know this? I feel like such a bad person. I don't know. <laughs> Me too. I'm just I'm just blanking on it right now. I like that one because basically he was like taming the other one ish or distracting him, and then the other mm-hmm. one woke up and was like, "There's no. another person with talk blood though." See how much it got him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, poor Quentin. But uh, no, I mean this. It's going to be a battle episode. That's so not my penchant, and the fact that we have to watch it for an extra ten minutes or twenty minutes or however. Long I mean, oh yeah, like. I'm sure that this battle will be so awesome it'll be worth an extra ten minutes. I'm sure they'll and accomplish they won't be we wouldn't have been able to accomplish the exact same effect in half the time. Well and what I'm really sure is that, you know, Viserion waking up undead and all that, like, that's gonna just erase any sins of any criticism that anyone. I mean, if you have like one moment of like really good policy in hiring computer animators, then uh, that's fixes your script for sure. I'm pretty sure Lindelof said something to that effect. <laughs> I know he did. That's, oh. that's what I was referencing. Thank you. Thank you for explaining oh, the joke. Oh, okay, good. Get, okay, I, could, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if that's what you're referencing. If you were just... I, I have a question. Who did they hire to uh, name these episodes? Because the names of these episodes have really not been good or related. No, they've to what's always. Yeah, they've, they've never. I actually think they've been better than last year. Like last year was Book of the Stranger. Like what? That this that wasn't related to anything. They mentioned the book of the stranger in one of the high septon speeches. Oh, cool. Okay. You think the book of the stranger would be blank, but whatever. Yeah, Uh, that's kind of weird. But the like this episode is called East Watch, and they they spend like thirty seconds in East Watch at the end. Yeah, but they they spend quite a bit of time talking about East Watch and how they're going to go there. To be fair. Eh. What what would you what would you have named the episode? Um, uh, Gumbo. I know. Yeah, I would. I would call it gumbo. <laughs> I would call it something about like um, no, something to do w- with like trying to reconcile and build alliances of convenience. So I would have a title that built on that. Oh, okay. That's that's actually yeah. a little bit too. Clever. Well, I think the I think the thing is that because like um, I think Julia you just said it before. They don't have character arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, because they don't have character arcs, they don't have themes. So how do you title an episode appropriately when there's no like uniting thing except for literally maybe a place, you know, like the place Eastwatch is mildly uniting among these plot lines because people are going there or talking about it. So they have to title it Eastwatch because there's there is no theme or character arc or something like that to name the episode after. The one with the pregnancy. Yes, just title them all like Friends episodes. <laughs> I would be so much more into the show if they did that. The one with the pregnancy. You should do that. Well, I look. I look very forward to what I think might be called Blood of the Dragon, but I don't really know. Um, 
So I think that will be great. But for this week, we have to get out of your hair because we are over an hour. And mm. frankly, I'm tired of talking about mm. Dave Hill's Tarabata. I still think he's a better writer than D&D. I don't necessarily disagree. Mm. I mean, it, it, he's bad in a different way. Yeah. And it's a refreshing way after this. <laughs> Maybe that's fair. And honestly, he had shit to work with. But yeah, if you liked what we had to say, please drop us a review or tell a friend about us and have them listen to us. And then they'll be like, wow, you're pretty cool for having listened to Unabashed Book Snobbery. <laughs> Julia and I also both host another podcast called The Fundamentalist, along with uh, Gretchen, an editor from our site. And we talk about more general nerdy things if you want to hear us go on and on about that. That's that's a thing. Please also visit thefandamentals.com for our ongoing coverage. I know Turtle Paste's piece mm-hmm. this week is going to be on Sam. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that because there's just so much shit. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we've also got our Fandamentals store. You'll see sidebarred links for that and links at the bottom for it that has dramatically satisfying gear and all sorts of things like that. Also, follow us on social media. We've got Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really tired. We're, we're all really tired here. I, I need some gumbo. All right. I don't have any gumbo. I have some jambalaya. Ooh, jambalaya. No, I'll take that. That's that's a much more satisfying character soup. Mm. The question is if Larry gets any soup at any point. That is the important question. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Then we came to season six where we were shown flaccid, warty dicks, but still the writers failed to fix the demeaning way they script their chicks. The show is still a profest and it somehow endorses incest, but we can't get away. It's mentioned on TV every day. Season seven thus far, the praise is downright bizarre since the scripts can't clear the low bar of knowing where characters are. Still it gets fellated, viewers on a that's baited since the show sucks. Game of Thrones sucks. Game of Thrones sucks. Game of Thrones sucks. Game of Thrones. Oh, it really sucks. There's just like so many issues with this. This can't. This can't. What be are you doing to that puppy, Caroline? <laughs> Alex is trying to put her in the crate. She's our new foster. <laughs> she just barks very. You, uh, uh, Kylie, you'll be able to see it on my audacity. They're like huge spikes. She just barks like yeah. that. She doesn't have like a normal, normal doggo bark. Aww. You have a treat now, doggo. Is it okay? Everything's okay. Okay. We're sweetie. very pro foster puppies here. <laughs> it's all good.